out there. This is Wise Women, and today you're spending time with women inspiring spiritual excellence. I'm La Cherie. I'm Agnes. And I'm Trevay. We are a group of women who love God and we love his people. And we, we just, just want, want to share him with you. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Wise Women. Hello. Welcome. We are in season three, as you Thrace, know, Thrace. and we've been talking about the wilderness experience. And today we're going to talk about reverencing God oh. during your wilderness experience. Mm. What does it look like? What does it look like? Most of the time, I think it's it can be non-existent oh. because we forget about mm. God. Mm. Um, sometimes it can be non-existent because we voluntarily forget about him mm. not because of what we're going through but because well because of what we're going through but yeah. because we blame him for what we're going through mm. we and make then, our circumstance bigger than our god yeah and then sometimes it causes us to remember who he is and we come back to a place of reverence so there's so it's a cycle or there's a progression in it where you know our focus is on god and we're you know, Lord, I know you're going to see me through this wilderness experience. And God, I know you got me in this experience. And then you go around the corner and there's some critter and, you know, you forget all about God because you feel like your life is in danger and there's peril and people and places and things are attacking you and, and you forget about God. And then you get through that experience and you're like, oh, thank you, God. It's like God's an afterthought. And then, you know, and then we want to just go, what, Agnes? I'm just laughing because you got this down packed. Look, because I've been going through it. I've been laughing. I lived it. Amen. I, um, man, the thing that I think about is the Israelites when they Mm -hmm. came out of slavery. Um, We mentioned on the last, well, the last episode we were talking about not for being not forsaken by God and the Israelites came out of slavery God got them out of slavery um and they still felt forsaken by him in a sense um they complained they murmured they wanted to go back where they came from and we also brought up how God is still with us and I just think about how God still gave them the opportunity to get to know him and get close to him. And in the wilderness, he had them create a place where he could come meet with them so that they Talk can reverence him and who he was um, and build a relationship with him and get to know him. Yeah. And for some reason, the last few weeks or so, because I've still been studying Joshua. Right. So I've been still studying Moses. So one question that I've just been asking and wondering is just, okay, like during that time, you know, Moses met face to face with you. Um, you were there for Joshua. Joshua was outside the tent whenever the glory came down and Moses was meeting with you. The people, every time you seemed to come around, they were fear- fearful of you and they didn't fear you. As in they reverenced you. Mm. They feared you as if they, as in. Punishment. Yeah. Because of the things that they were doing. Hmm. Um, you came with lightning and thunder and smoke and they were afraid. Um, and they saw some of their people get swallowed up <laughs> in the earth um, because of the things that they were doing and the way that they were worshiping and who right. they were worshiping. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also makes me think about. So, okay, 
when I was studying, I got to, it's like every time I got further, I had to go back. And one of the things that I was studying or looking at at one point, once again, was how Moses met God face to face. In that process, whenever God wanted to speak with Moses or Moses wanted to go to God for instruction, he would go outside of the camp mm-hmm. and he would go into his tent. But there were people that also left the camp just to, I don't know if they had anything to ask God or they wanted mm-hmm. to worship God, but they left the camp as well and they had their own tent set up outside of the camp. Mm-hmm. And while Moses went in the camp and Joshua stood outside or Moses went into the tent, Joshua stood outside of the tent. When the glory of God came down, the Bible says that everyone stood at the front of their tent and they worshiped God. Mm-hmm. And then, so I read that and I was like, oh, okay. So they stood outside of their tent to worship him mm-hmm. while Moses went into the tent to mm. meet face to face with God. Then further down the road, as I was reading, um, you learn about, I want to say it was Aiken, maybe? Mm. I don't remember the name, who hid something in his tent mm-hmm. under the ground mm-hmm. and caused the Israelites to lose the battle that they were fighting against the people in the land. Um And it just made me wonder if, hey, maybe people had things, even if metaphorically or spiritually, they were on the outside of their tent because they couldn't worship inside of that place because it was not a holy place. There there was baggage and all this other stuff that was inside the tent, or maybe they had things hiding under the ground. Um, Hold on. Wait a minute. (laughs) So... Which, if you put it in a, a practical day-to-day things, what are we hiding, thinking we're hiding from God? Jeez. God told us, don't you go in there and do that. Don't dibble-dabble in that. That's good. And we go do it, and then we, mm. you know, we try to hide it. Or, yeah. you know, we it, it's under the bed, mm-hmm. or, you know, it's it's in, in yeah. the back of the car, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or, it's, or it's something we only do. We talked about this before, mm-hmm. when we're in another city, mm-hmm. and we think nobody knows mm-hmm. us. And so, we try to hide things from God. That he's already told us, don't touch, it's not for you. Yeah. You've been set apart. And then we bring about damnation onto ourselves because we didn't revere God and his mm-hmm. word and yeah. his instructions that he gave us. Yeah, that's good. And it's just like, even in all that they witnessed and observed and him even responding to their request and giving them quail, even though it started coming out of their noses. Um, <laughs> he honored their request for real, for real. Um, but even in seeing the miracles that he performed in the wilderness, they still didn't learn how to really reverence him. They were just in awe of the miracles that he performed. So let me ask you this question. You've been studying this, so I feel like you can be the person to probably give us this answer. That was then. Let's talk about now. What does it look like now? Hmm. With that knowledge mm-hmm. that you have, how would you explain to someone when they say, well, how do I reverence God? Or what does it mean to reverence God? Or, you yeah. know, okay, help me understand how to be a better person, Christian, husband, wife, sister, brother. Um, I feel like I got that answer in Moses' life um, and in Joshua's life as well. But for Moses, I think the the thing that I got was that because I know that some people can think, because I thought this, well, he was the chosen one. God met with him. Mm-hmm. God spoke with him through a burning bush. bush. Mm-hmm. So he had that experience, but they didn't have that experience. Um, he was kind of on the outside looking in. 
And so I kind of felt like, well, maybe it wasn't their fault because this is what they knew. Um, and in a sense, they knew God before Moses really did mm. because he didn't grow up with them. He grew up That's, in the palace. Mm. So which is really interesting mm. to me. Like, God, <laughs> why would you do this? Um, but it's almost also like it's a shame that they knew him and Moses didn't. Mm. And, and yet he reverenced God and he honored God and take your shoes off. Mm -hmm. You're on holy ground. And mm -hmm. he respected mm -hmm. what God would say to him. But again, how do we help people that are looking Obedience. at us? And, okay. That, that's, the, that's the lesson, at least, that I got and that I learned was obedience. Okay. Um, obedience and being willing to be the person that is on the outside looking in as it pertains to everybody else is over here and I got to be over here by myself mm. doing or this. Or it's okay to be different. Mm -hmm. He was in the palace, but he came from a different background. Right. When he was with his people that he came from, he was still different because of how he was brought up. Right. So it's okay to be different. Mm-hmm. And still honor God and still yeah. reverence God because maybe in your difference, it's how God is going to bring about his glory. Right. Right. And I think just one thing, one, another thing that I realized is like when I mentioned Joshua was for some reason, the first time that I was reading when Joshua, I believe was after they crossed over the Jordan, um, when he saw the commander of heaven's army. Hmm. And he said to him, I'm not on your side or the enemy's side. And that's I was like, good. but you are on our side. What you mean you're not on our right. side? That's good. <laughs> um, but man, it's... For, well, the thing for me is that sometimes we forget that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. That's so true. And that our enemy is not the people that we see and we interact with every day. Come even on. even though, you know, they may be rude be, and yep. disrespectful and... You get offended by them, Annoying. but hello, he's on the side of a right. Um, he's on the side, or he is going to do whatever it takes for him to get the glory mm -hmm. and for his will to be manifested in the earth, yep. um, which is another reason why he uses, sometimes uses people that do not believe in him. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. um, then you can't dispute it. It had to be God, because honey, ain't no, no way. Right. And so it's like, it made me cry the first time I read that because that was difficult. But the thing is, sometimes what we're doing is opposite of what God is telling us to do. And he can't be on our side. Yeah. He's not going to stand for right. the wrong thing that we're doing. Absolutely. Because that would not be of God. Yep. And he's not going to change because we want to do what we want to do. Right. So what does it look like to you? How would you explain to someone what reverencing God looks like in 2023? Um, 2023, I think that honestly, I feel like it looks like hating sin the way God hates sin because okay. obedience most definitely, but, um, the other, the, the flip side of being obedient, I feel like is having awareness of what sin is mm -hmm. and knowing that sin is what keeps us away from God. It's in, you know what I'm saying? In a way. Go ahead. I think the problem is, though, is mm -hmm. a lot of people don't equate their pleasures of life with, with sin. 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 Absolutely. It's not sin. It's, this is it's, what makes me happy. Right. But I think that there's grace. I'm not going to dispute that. However, um, as you 
And I think this is really good an example that you gave how they were able to do it from their tents. Everybody mm. has a different dispensation of right. grace and everybody is able to walk with God on a certain level. Mm. We all are afforded the opportunity to draw as close as Moses did to where his face was shining Mm. with the glory, you know, however, not it's a limited, a few people get to that place Mm -hmm. and live are able to live in that place and maintain it. It's not easy because the higher you go, the higher the stakes are, right? Right. The enemy wants your neck and your back and all your everything else. Your neck so, <laughs> so I think that I'm understanding that like some people, they may never get to that place that Moses was. That's true. And honestly, it's for their good because maybe if they were they able to get to it. that place, they'd probably go off with a reprobate mind because all of the goodness and I'm just telling the truth I'm just saying because so if they get to the place where they're living (laughs) where God has called them to be the leader and to do it would make their mind go go to the opposite they can't handle they can't handle it comes with it exactly so there's a level of sometimes Mm. we pray play we pray players pray 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 prayers (laughs) pray prayers okay sometimes we pray prayers however like we get to the place that we ask God for and we realize that we don't have the capacity to sustain it. And we're not, some of us are not honest in saying, yes. I don't even want to do what God wants me to do anymore. Right. I want to do what I want to do. Mm. And because I want to do what I want to do, there is no, God's vision can't fit with my vision. God mm. not going to compete. So what happens is I'm that. I'm sorry, that's some toes you were stepping on. Go ahead. Well, I'm just saying. You didn't even say excuse me when you stepped you. on people's on. toes just then. <laughs> but, but like, and so the thing about God, he's such such a gracious God. He's such a good God that he's going to say, you know what, son, daughter, I'm going to let you do what you want to do. I'm going to let you live your life that you wanted to live, even if it's without me. And he leads Ooh. you over to a reprobate state. To where you are thinking that you're walking in the will of God. However, you are no longer in his will. You hit a missionary. So I'm just saying, you know. (laughs) So like, I think that I've come to understand because sometimes I, you know, I ask God questions. I'm like, man, you know. How is it that, you know, people have been believers for 20 years, 30 years, and yet I don't see the manifestation of it in their lives. Wow. And sometimes it's because oh they don't want to no give up. There's no reverence, honey. There's no oh reverence. Gosh. They don't want to give up certain lifestyles, certain mindsets. They don't want to implement things that they have read about and learned about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's not just to say that it's them. It's us, too, you mm-hmm. know. And so it's like you ask for this place in my glory you want to experience miracle signs and wonders open visions and encounters and all that and that's great but i remember having this dream and after the dream the dream was like i literally woke up and i was like crying and in the dream pretty much in essence like you know the the thing that stood out to me was that there's a part of the dream where in the front, like we were having like a worship night in my house, which was in my house. It didn't look like my house. It was like a huge house. And there were some church people there. And we were having it. We were wrapping it up and getting ready to move it somewhere else to another location because it people were just so up in the spirit and stuff like that. And in the dream, as we're wrapping up, you know, I'm closing things down. It's me and another friend. We're in the house. And there are the enemy comes through the front door. So they're like burglars or robbers. They come through the front door and they're looking, they have guns and they're looking to kill. Mm -hmm. And when they come in, 
like me and the friend, we're getting ready to go through the back door. And for some reason, they should have heard us. They should have seen us, but they didn't. And in that dream, when the dream ended, I heard the spirit of the Lord say, he said, do not rejoice because of miracle signs and wonders, but rejoice because your name is written in the book of life. Mm. Amen. It don't matter if you never do a mm. miracle on this earth. Mm. If mm. you know how to fear the, there's people that prophesy that do miracle signs and wonders, but don't fear the Lord anymore because okay. they filled themselves up with pride and that has become their downfall. Or they so, feel that the mm. things that please them, well, this is what God is rewarding me with because I've done that. And no, that ain't how God, that ain't how he yeah. work. So it's like, I've realized that we have to, when you reverence God, the thing that really, I know it sounds corny or cheesy, but like my inheritance is that I'm able to be in his presence and to receive his love. Like mm -hmm. he is all that I need, you know? And it's something that I'm still learning because we have those fleshly moments where we like, oh, this paycheck is hitting really good, Lord. You know, but even like, even if I didn't have that paycheck, would you still love me? Mm -hmm. You know, if mm -hmm. I never gave you another Listen. paycheck that, you know, kept you because it's people in Africa. My parents, they ain't got two meals a day. But they got joy, like never, you know, Listen. so it's like we are not your blessing is not because of how you live your life, how comfortable you're able to live in I life. I think people equate blessings with tangible material mm. things as opposed to the blessing in itself is that my joy comes from God. It comes from knowing him and my relationship with him that even in my lowest moment, God yeah. is still with me. Yeah. Um, sorry to interrupt. No, no, you're good. Um, but yeah, I think I'm realizing that as I'm growing in Christ, I have to develop a greater distaste for sin. You can't um, tolerate certain mm -hmm. sins on certain levels. Like it, mm -hmm. at a certain point, it's not that immediately when you walk into your salvation with Christ that you're going to be like, oh my God, I got to get, sometimes it's like, oh, I got to get rid of everything. You know, mm -hmm. some people it happens like that, but then there's others where it's a process and God has to dig things out. He has to dig certain appetites, certain mindsets out of you. And as you draw closer to it, it says, be ye holy for I am holy. Mm -hmm. If we serve a holy God, we have to ourselves be holy, you know, and um, it's a different journey. Um, and I think that's why we have church culture and mm -hmm. we got a lot of people in the church hooping and hollering Jesus Christ. But they're, when you look at the fruits of their life mm -hmm. or when you ask them, like, you know, can you name five books of the Bible? They like the book of Abraham, the book of David, <laughs> the book. Well, it's even scarier when they can name all the books of the Bible, but not living it. Not living it. That's yeah. That is true. Man, you said so many things, <laughs> and I, so many I thoughts have gone ready. through my mind. I've gotten emotional and then gotten happy, like <laughs> all Sorry. throughout the time that you were talking. Um, let me try to remember everything that came to my mind. I know first, the first thing that came to mind was just me wondering if, um, and not to blame the church, but people only go so deep in their relationship with God because they don't know that they can go any further. 
they think like their relationship with God pretty much is them whenever they go to church, going to church on Sundays yeah. or on Wednesdays. Maybe I'll go to the altar once or twice here and there yeah. to get prayer. I pray when I wake up in the morning. I say my prayers before I go to sleep. Now I lay me down to sleep. And that's, that is their relationship. <laughs> I'm not even trying to be funny. But that is their relationship. <laughs> that has been their relationship with God because that's how they were brought up. That's what they've learned. That's what they've seen. Because there's no accountability, and, though, Treve. And so, like, sometimes I wonder when you see church mothers, like the, the real... <laughs> elderly older ladies that have been at the church okay. for 45 years oh my god but then it's like you've come and you've sat in the pew for 45 years Ooh. like what more was god calling you to Sometimes. and not saying that some people don't come to church and they get the word and they go out and do things right. but most of the people that i know They've come to church faithfully for 45 or however many years. Yeah. And they've sat on the pew or they've sang in a choir and that's it. And don't know that there's anything more deeper or anything more tangible that they can get from God. Yeah. And what they've seen is people rejoicing and shouting and all of that from blessings like cars and houses and a new job. And those are the miracles that they've seen. And there are people that really believe that God does not perform miracles like healing right. anymore. Like right. that, those were just, that just happened in the Bible days. And then you have people that are like, well, those are just stories. Ooh. Yeah. So, that's I mean, good. that that's one side of it. Um, and then you started saying what I was thinking when we were talking about the cars and all blessings being that. Um and it just, what I thought was so many people's relationship with God is just transactional. Mm, and then that just led me it. to think, okay, well, most of those people, their relationships with other people are transactional. Ooh, wait a minute. Can we and break down so transactional then, <laughs> relationships? Because I don't think all the people know what that. So <laughs> I, I thought about, so I started thinking or calling it transactional, actually, when I was going through my principal certification class. <laughs> Coming class because. Right they talk about the different types of leaders. Come on. And there's servant leadership, there's transformational yep. leadership, and there's yep. transactional leadership yep. where I'm a manager and you are only here to do your job and get paid. That's it. You're just doing it to get paid. Right. Transactional relationships are built on the expectation for reciprocation. Mm. It's only for what am I going to give back? Mm. I give you only because I expect to receive. Sheesh. So you have that. That's you so have... We, we hear so much good about servant leadership. Yeah. But sometimes it can become that you are just pleasing people. Yep. And that is just all. That's what you know of love. Some people just know the transactional side of love. Some people just know people pleasing. Come They're going to love me because I'm going to do for them. And if I stop doing for them, if I say no one time, they're going to leave me. Yeah. And they're going to hate me. Ooh, and wow. I'm going to have nobody. And then you it's have true. transformational, which is which is both. Yeah. Um, but you there's a change that takes place in you. You're not just receiving monetary things or physical things. You are being changed from the inside out. Yeah. You're having a heart change. Your mentality changes. So your good. perspective changes. And it's not a one-time thing. Mm. The deeper you go in your relationship with God, the more you change. Yeah. Amen. 
And I think, so then I was like, okay, so that <laughs> concept of love, when you start to really understand it yeah. and really believe that this person, this this God who created me, he loves me. And no matter what I've done, he loves me. Can I then reverence him? Can I then learn how to reverence him? Because this is a love that no one else has ever shown me. Hmm. This is the love that I'm not getting anywhere else. And... So now I can get to this place where, mm. oh, my gosh, he's a father. He's mm. my creator. All of these things that we say he is really and truly do become real. Yeah. And it's kind of like for like, OK, I'll use work as an example because we've been having this conversation at work that mm. about being friends, but being coworkers. Right. And so the thing that I I'm, thing that I'm starting, I'll say I'm starting <laughs> to learn is that um i feel it's weird how i feel closer to some people because they do a good job Mm -hmm. so i want to be connected to you right because you do a good job you handle your business and it's like me giving you props Mm -hmm. um versus it's hard to be close with someone or a friend with someone who causes you to have to do more because they don't handle their right, business. Right, 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 right. And Absolutely. so it's just like, okay, <laughs> I I have, there's a level of respect, not just Ooh. likeness and love that I have for someone. Come on. I have a level of respect for that wow. person because of all that they do and are doing. Wow. And I kind of think of it the same way. Like I have a new, I have a level of respect and not yeah. just love for God. Wow. Um, because of who he is. Right. Um, to me and who he, who I see him being, cause that's an important thing. Yeah. Who I see him being to other people, people, how I can see and recognize that you love me and you're showering your love on me. And I see the things that you've done for me, but now I've also see you come through for this person yeah. And I'm drawn even closer, and it's not even anything you've done to me, me or for me. Right. And it's it's like an extension of of that love. Yeah. It's a love that's in the way that I you can't I don't know you can't love anybody else, and you that's recognize good. that. Ooh. So with me, I like y'all have taken two different approaches. When I'm trying to speak about reverence with someone. I think first, how can you reverence someone you don't know? Ooh. Mm. And so, so if we're going to know God, we, again, go to his word. I try to tell people, I'll give you five books that I would love for you to read, and then we can talk, Mm. and and I can tell you more about this journey that you're on. Because now you're in the wilderness because you're trying to figure out, you know, what it is to love God, and you're beating yourself up because you don't know the word, and you're beating yourself up because you're doing things wrong, or you're beating yourself up because you're still doing the the vices that you liked before you came to Christ. So I tell them to read the Gospels and the book of James. Read the Gospels because that's going to tell you about Jesus. Because one, you need to know about Jesus. You need to know about God's son to see the things that he goes through, to know that you're going to go through these things too. You're going to be persecuted. People are going to talk about mm-hmm. you. People are going to say, I got your back and then fall asleep. People are going to say, <laughs> I got your back and then deny that they ever knew you. Mm. People are going to say, cut off folks' ears and, and ride or die and fight with you. And then, you know, it, but then later they're going to come back around. That's what people do. They're there for you. They're not there for you. So read the Gospels. Learn about Jesus and know God's son who came to bring about salvation in your life, to bring you to a transformational change. Because maybe what we did in the Old Testament was a lot of transactional 
relationship. God did mm. stuff for them. God took care yeah, of them. So if true. all you learn about the Old Testament, Testament. then you, you're missing wow. a part of it because you got to so know good. about Jesus and his suffering so and, and then his, his resurrection and coming back and then preaching a little bit oh, more and sharing man. about the goodness of God and then leaving you to kind of figure it out and go and, and start and work your path like the apostles did. Then they went out and they made disciples and they, and they made churches and they made that. But First, you got to know who Jesus is to know what kind of respect did he have for his father? He wow. had respect that he was willing to die for the love that he had for God, for the rest of us through him. He was willing to do that. Then I, I say James, because when you go to James, the very first part of it, James one talks about faith and endurance. Yeah. And he tells you when troubles of any kind come your way. Hmm. So now it's letting you know they're going to come. Right. Mm -hmm. Consider it an opportunity for great joy. Now, hmm. who is joyful in their troubles? Hmm. Very few people. Yeah, for real. Now, if you hold yourself to a higher standard, and I've been told that I hold myself to a standard that I don't even hold to other people. So hmm. I don't trust. I don't 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 compare yourself to anybody else. So good. Figure out your own standard. Yeah. And then in the midst of the troubles you go to, find joy in the midst of it. You know what I find joy in? This text message that we send back and forth to each other. How we, we you know, <laughs> y'all already know me. Y'all know that if you send me a voice message and it's long, it's going to take me Yo. a couple of days to get through it. Because that's just, that's just me. So Saints, like I just don't, don't, get, don't get in your feelings if it takes mm. me a minute to respond. I got to break it up into chunks. Okay. Mm. That's just how I am. But those are joyful moments in my, in my otherwise, you know, tumultuous work day. Yeah. Cause I got to deal with all these different people and I got different customers. They have different needs. You know, I got people that go on site and he yelling and screaming at somebody kind of find out we had gave him what he needed two weeks ago. You should be mad at yourself cause you didn't read your email. Cause in your email, we told you just show this to, the front desk. He called the people that don't know what's going on. Anyway, there are opportunities for joy. My joy in that was, hi, nanny, boo, boo, you the dumb, dumb. We gave you what you needed, and now you just look <laughs> stupid. So that was joyful for me. I'm sorry. It just is. And then it says, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. You talked about growth. We have to grow, but we can't grow if we don't endure hardships. If everything in life That's was so la, la, willy, nilly, happy, joyful unicorns and rainbows, <laughs> then when trouble comes, you go to that reprobate place because, you know, okay. you, can, you don't know how to deal with challenges. Okay. You don't know how to deal with, with opposition. It. You just fall down to the wayside. Wow. So we have to learn to endure. We have to get these tools. We go back to Jesus. What did he do? He went to prayer. Where did he they did. find him? They found him in the synagogue. Mama okay. like, where you, child, we looking for you. But didn't you know I was in my father's house? Where you expect to find me? Okay. We have to go back to what did Jesus do? Yeah. So then now you got your, your, your chance to grow. So let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Now, that's not saying that you won't have troubles anymore, but the perfect and completion comes because you now know who God is. Yeah. You know how God operates. You know what to expect along this ways. I expect to have wilderness experiences. Now, mm. again, for me, I got to admit, I'm an only child. I I'm, I'm kind of smart and... I learned at a young age what it was like to be loved. 
Because my grandmother told my parents, look, y'all don't know nothing about taking care of no baby. At six weeks, she took me from my parents and raised me until six years when my mom said, can I have my baby back, please? You know, And so I was loved by my grandmother and my great-grandmother and my aunts and uncles because I was the baby and they mm-hmm. doted on me. So I've, I know what love is. And so I, I know how to love others right. because I've seen love, you know, and, and I know how to care for people and all of that. But if you haven't seen that, then you mm. don't know how to operate in that. Mm, and you good. don't know how. And so, again, it all goes back to reverence. How do you reverence a God that you don't know? That's good. How can you reverence a God that you don't respect? How can you reverence a God that you don't know his ways and, and what to expect and how he moves and operates and that you will have troubles? If you think yeah. being a Christian means that you <laughs> life is going to be easy. Somebody lie. Child. That just reminded me, <laughs> one year there was this kid that I taught, and somehow we got on the conversation of um, Christianity. We weren't talking about religion. It was a specific question that was asked in class about, I think it was like, would you rather have um, $50 million in a big home, or would you rather have a regular nine to five and be happy yeah um and the student i don't know where his mind was or what he was thinking about but his response was um he said that he would rather be happy and he added on to that that's why i don't want to be a christian Mm. because my parents are christians Mm. and come on they're not happy they go through all of this stuff they're persecuted life is just so hard for them so i don't want to be a christian and it was so random wow <laughs> it was, God was just, giving you that moment was, he just lobbed it up to you here go Trey. it'd be moments that i can't respond to because <laughs> i can't say too much but one of the other students actually responded to him mm. so i was like well i couldn't respond so mm-hmm. but it was just to see that dialogue and communication happen it was like like wow and for him to see that yeah okay, they're being persecuted, they're having all this affliction, they're going through all this, but they're Christians and God is supposed to take care of them. Yeah. And I think that kids aren't the only people that have this kind of mentality. They don't. There are adults who have this kind of mentality. And there are people that have gone through traumatic experiences who blame God and wonder, where were you in this? People that say, I'm driving a Hyundai Accord and I love God and she's driving a Tesla and she's been on the pole. I that just brings me back to in the New Testament when they were asking about if they should pay taxes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Jesus mm-hmm. told them, mm-hmm. "Give Caesar <laughs> what Caesar is owed. Okay. Give God what He's due." Right. Mm-hmm. They ain't yeah. got nothing to do. They ain't got nothing to do with me. <laughs> <laughs> like that's Caesar. <laughs> That's Caesar's <laughs> business, but you bring some over here that ain't got nothing to do with me. Okay, that's their business. And I mean, everybody's journey is different. And I think that, (laughs) I mean, it's an interesting thing to try to research and discover. And I don't know, you'd have to try to find people from different walks of life to just see what their journey has been and what their experiences have been. I think that people come from different walks of life and they come to God at different points in their life. Mm -hmm. Yes. And God knows. He's well aware prior to all of this he's well aware of the journey yeah you grew up with 
your grandparents being in church. And so you went to church and you were involved in church and you were actively involved in church, Buff right? For some of you. Buff, yeah. But you were still there. And yeah. then for you, mm-hmm. you grew up Catholic, right? Mm-hmm. But were you heavily involved in church or were you... Kind of, sort of. Okay. Mean, we went to church. We had to go to church every, like, my parents did not play. We had to go to church every Sunday. I think I went more, and then as I grew closer, I had to Because that's my question. More, when bit. did you, for yourself, because, yeah. you know, we had our family members yeah. forcing us, because, honey, right. listen, again, I had one grandmother that was Baptist, uh, Antioch Missionary Baptist Church not in Antioch. Pelican, Louisiana, and then my other grandmother Panola Missionary, I mean, um, Panola Church of God in Christ, you know, so I had, I had it a hard on both sides. If I wasn't at church on Sundays, Saturdays, Wednesdays, revivals, we went to revivals at other churches just because they, we knew that somebody there, we was always at church, Lord. always at church. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on the Baptist side, it's very important to them that you become baptized. My mm-hmm. grandmother had me on the mourner's bench i thought it was the mona bench i was on the mona bench to be baptized and i really don't think i understood what it meant except i couldn't play with my cousins because i had to be in there praying and reading the bible Mm. so that my heart would be right so that i could (laughs) leave the mona bench and go to that chair to say that i wanted to be baptized so there was all this this Mm. pressure from family but i didn't have a relationship with god at that time yeah i wanted the ice cream truck because i could hear the music and i you know that was my struggle so when did it go from you being forced to reverence god because that's that's what they were making us do by going to church on sunday that was them showing us that we revered god and we honored and respected him when did it shift for you and it became personal wow i've thought about so many things when you were asking that (laughs) um And I don't want to take it too far too fast. Um, so, man, I was involved in everything. I sang. I was on a praise dance team, youth ministry. So I was at church Sunday, Monday for youth choir, Tuesday Ooh. for mass choir, Wednesday for Bible study. <laughs> Thursday was praise dance rehearsal. Wow. Literally, the only days I probably was not at church unless something was going on was Friday and Saturday. Oh, my God. When I went to college... I wouldn't say that I just really knew then, but it was my first time going to a church where people were slain in the spirit and Mm. people were like screaming and yelling and speaking in tongues. And I had no idea what was going on. Mm -hmm. I was looking around like, okay, I mean, I see that this is amazing, Mm -hmm. but I have no idea what's going on. And um, I think when I came back to... Still in my college experience, but I came back to Texas. Um, I went to this conference, and it was the first time that I felt something different. I think Mm. in church before, what I felt was emotional. Mm. Um, Everybody's shouting, and so I went to a Baptist church. I went to a Methodist church where I never really felt anything. Let me tell you. When I was a kid, before I was in high school, and I was in elementary school, I remember this from elementary school. I was mm. at a Methodist church, and we had um, vacation Bible school. Mm. And we would go to these different classes, and at the end we would eat and then go and share what we learned. And in one of the classes, 
um, the person, the pastor that was there was trying to teach us about God and how he speaks and how um, we can feel him touch us and all of that. And it was like, it was forced. It was so forced. Mm. Like she told us to close our eyes and then we just sat there and she was like, did anybody feel him? Did you feel him yet? <laughs> yes. Like I, I'd have been like, yes. Hallelujah. I, I would have been, been acting, that was cutting the, up. That was the Methodist church I was at. And it was just like, so I remember that because I didn't. So I said, well, I felt something. I think I felt somebody touch my head. I remember this. I'm like kindergarten, first grade. Mm. And she was like, no, that was me. I touched your head. She's like, did anybody feel anything? And I remember people saying they felt something, and, and those were her kids. And I was just like, in my mind, y'all just said something because y'all were her kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just like, that experience like kind of led me away. Like, okay. Why didn't I feel it? Yeah. Mm. And so the Baptist Shh, church, they it. were just shouting, and everybody was always crying and all of that. And you had all those testimonies about a new car and new house and all mm-hmm. of that. And it was nothing really tangible. It was just <laughs> emotional. And when I got away and I went to that conference, I felt from the people that I knew, I felt just a stirring inside of me. I never felt anything like that before. And also was, you guys remember the story from season one when I started speaking in tongues for the first time because they prayed over me. Um, And people were speaking into my life things that I don't know how in the world they would have known. Right, right. And it was just like, oh, this is different. Mm-hmm. How did like I felt like someone truly saw me, mm-hmm. um, and after I they prayed for me after that I, my life did change my relationship with God did change. Yeah, um, I had prayed to God before. I would always spend time by myself outside of church reading the Word and writing what I thought it meant. Mm. Um, but I never had that connection, and I won't say that I was just studying the Word because. That's just what I was taught to do. That's what I knew I was supposed to do. But it, there wasn't a connection. It was like it was a God that was just so, he's far away. He's mm. in heaven. He, you know, we pray to him, we sing to him, mm. and we're just glorifying him that we're exalting him. But not there relationship. No relationship. Mm. And that's when I got a relationship with him. I started to talk to him. Yeah. And... um my relationship with him started to grow deeper. I started to realize more about myself. Mm. Um, And it's like during that time, even though I was getting closer with him, I was still struggling to find myself. That's good. And because all that I had gone through and now I'm older and trying to figure my life out and I still had a lot of hurt. So it's like I'm growing, trying to shed some of this hurt off, but still trying to realize that God loves me despite of what despite what I've gone through. I did right. things to fit in with people, like getting the tongue, my tongue pierced oh, and my belly button pierced. That's story, no, That's a whole other yeah. To Ooh. feel to feel like episode on just really. That. I mean, it was <laughs> it was to y'all to fit in with truths. people because it was supposed to be our link as sisterhood with my roommates, the friends it was I had a link in college. <laughs> you right. That's a whole other uh, episode, but you know, it, it took me to get back in a church singing on our praise team to get rid of all of that and then to leave that church because one of the people was there that I did that with 
to leave that church and just find myself and find what my true calling was and Mm -hmm. really minister with effectiveness. And know that it may take a while. It's it's a journey. It doesn't happen always overnight. Again, people think because you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, everything is going to be, you know, beautiful the next day and rainbows and and unicorns. Mm -hmm. And it's not that. The next day after you profess Christ is your Lord and Savior. The enemy is ready to attack you because he wants to cut that off. He wants to make sure that you did not fall on fertile ground. He wants it to be the rocky soils so that you can just break off. But no one has that conversation with people. Exactly. They had that conversation with me. So what was your what was your relationship like? So for me, I think the summer of my ninth grade year. So I had like my parents. We always we would pray every night. Went to church every Sunday, Catholic, of course. Um, but, like, my parents made it very clear, like, you know, Christ is the only way, right? Um, so I realized at a point, uh, probably eighth grade, I think I had one of my friends in school that kind of was, like, starting to talk to me about, like, God and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, you kind of being a little extra, a little deep, you know what I'm saying? Um, but in through those conversations, I think it was really the Holy Spirit trying to get to my heart you know Mm -hmm. to understand like you can go to church all you want to you can know these bible scriptures all you want to but that does not mean that you have a place Mm -hmm. (laughs) in my kingdom you know and i think at a young age or younger age then um you know god began to like pull at my heartstrings and convict me in a way that I had not been convicted before you know I wasn't thinking about you know how as a kid you don't think about certain things you're not thinking about paying Mm -hmm. bills you're not so same thing like spiritually sometimes when you're younger you don't think about spirit like you don't think about at life after this or um if if I'm saved or like that was never a question because I thought once saved always saved you go to church I'm a Christian that I didn't know that I had to make my own decision um, ninth grade summer year ended up going to AYC, which is the Archdiocese Youth Conference for like Catholic um, youths, and um, you have to be within a certain age range. And my friend, first time I'm hearing this, come on, Agnes, tell yeah, the story. like <laughs> my friend, she was the one that um invited me to it, and um, you know, uh, my parents they weren't really open to it, the idea because they were just like, okay, I ain't never really heard of nothing, you know, like I'm the first daughter, um, but they. You know, me being persistent, they let me eventually go. They wasn't really with it, but they let me go. When I went, I will say that was my first time encountering the love of God. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the first conference, the conference was called Rooted in Christ. Mm -hmm. And I can definitely say that that is what cemented, rooted me in Christ. Um, And at the time, and they did the depiction, they talked about that scripture. I, I think that was that one or was it the following one? It was one of them, but they talked about like the rocky, the sand, like, you know, the different. So having those illustrations and there was like, so when you would go to the conference, they had, it was set up kind of like a mass service, but they Mm -hmm. had other youths that were Catholic that love God. I've never seen people worship like we don't worship like that in Catholic. Let let me not say we because every, yeah, every, um, every, um, what is this church is different Mm -hmm. so but that particular the one that i went to wasn't openly like that i've been to other ones where they're a little bit more free in worship um but yeah that was my um during one of the services 
I began to feel like I started seeing like visions. Like I felt God touching my heart. Like my chest felt different. It was like I had an encounter and I felt the love of God so tangibly and heavily that I was just like, I am not the same. I was crying. I'm like, <laughs> I don't cry. I'm a thug. And um, we have confession. And I was like, I wanted to go confess my sins. And my dad, he was always, he was the type to go to confession like regularly. I never want to go, you know, because I feel weird confessing my sins to a priest. But this was one of the times that I remember vividly like wanting to go because I knew I wasn't confessing to a person, mm -hmm. but I was confessing my sins to God to be purged. Um, but I think that um, in that, I realized that there's a, it, it's not just one encounter. Because one thing that they talked about at the conference is after you leave here, you have a responsibility to upkeep, keep fanning the fl the flames of your faith. Mm -hmm. You know, don't just come here conference after conference and not change and not change because it's really easy to happen. You know, even for me, you know, I I, I feel like that year going into, you know, coming from the conference, like I had this encounter and yet I started going to a new school and I didn't really have that friend anymore. You changed, like that. but the stuff around you didn't change. So mm -hmm. I found myself, though wanting to change, falling back into old cycles and patterns externally because I didn't have anybody that was changed around me. You know, mm -hmm. not to say that I didn't have anybody at all, but um, to the degree of what that high that I left that conference at, you know. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, man, like, God, I do want more of you. Um, I will definitely say that after that conference, I started fasting more mm -hmm. um, and praying more and stuff like that. But that was individual. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't really have a community. My parents didn't really understand all the way, you know. So mm -hmm. just certain things that I started doing that was weird. Mm -hmm. But it's because I had changed. But I couldn't. I looked the same. But things inside of my heart concerning God had changed. I didn't want to do certain things anymore. I didn't want to talk a certain way. So. Yeah, and then I had another encounter, and I feel like that was more so a deliverance. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you know the encounters <laughs> continue. For mm -hmm. I, I thought it was gonna be one encounter, always encountered. No, yeah, you keep going. So, and that may be mm -hmm. another thing that people need to understand that is if if God is continuously growing you and pruning you and shaping you and molding you, your process may be. Um, more than than one or two you know i think you mentioned your two or three yours may be nine or ten it just depends on what god has called you to do and how he's going <laughs> to use you and how he's going to you know people so many people look I'm up joking. to you agnes because you but you are you're that you're the girl next door you're the jokey fun cool that ain't always good weird person <laughs> Not that weird. you know that no. everybody can relate to though in, in some way shape mm -hmm. or form mm -hmm. And that kind of gives you a wider audience to share the gospel with, mm. you know, because kids gravitate to you. Adults gravitate to you. Mm. Older people gravitate to you. Them my people right there. But do you see what I'm saying? Pop you, so many people <laughs> relate to you. And so maybe that's why you had to go through the process mm. more than other people because yeah. he needed to shape you more. <laughs> For what you were called to. I see what you're doing now. You're trying, to, <laughs> you're trying to smooth it out a little bit. No, no. 
And then you, you know, again, God has called you to your creative mm. and you have so many, so many, um, outlets <laughs> Go ahead. creative preach, preach in that your calling had to be cultivated mm. from a place of yes, honey, even even as an adult, you've all them nights that you spent in church. Yes. With with people doing work and the praise team and getting them ready Lord. to do, you know, um I don't know what wow. to call it. Those things where your conferences where y'all sing. I don't know what those things call. I don't know. Well, several people sing and do stuff and spoken word and all those things. But again, you were those were your training grounds. Mm. You know, that when That's you good. do it now, you may get frustrated, but he's he's done may. it does <laughs> you do I, I was trying to again, massage i saw i saw you but but that was your training ground for a time such as this that now you know you have those long nights but you you know how to endure and so again even though you may not want to count it as joy mm. because god has created you specifically <laughs> you preaching to you now for that moment and for these people and I'm for these times to share all these wonderful mediums with them. You know, you sing, you do spoken word, you've danced prophetically. I, I'll never forget when your grandmother saw you dance and she was so overjoyed that you way back on Westheimer, that, that joy that she had, you know, because I don't know, maybe have you, had you not done it for a long time or something? I since I said that back to church, <laughs> you know, and so, and so these, these things that are in you that keep coming out of you wow. and continue to do so in such wonderful ways that only God can get the glory. And you, he's, there we go. And me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you. What? Go and ahead. Oh, you were asking a question. I was trying to be funny. No, no, oh, I was trying to be for real. And you, um, <laughs> you're a mother, right? Yes. And you, do you manage to so three many wonderful boys? <laughs> Eli don't count, but I guess he did. Abraham is jealous of him, so yes, he does. And you just have a way with words and the way that you speak to people and the way that you're able to deliver messages in ways that I would butcher, you know, I Peter somebody, but you have a way of with words and touching people and speaking to people and sharing Thank the you. word that is like so practical so applicable you don't just do it in word you also do it in action so people are able to see you in that pastoral administration so whether you are in a church or outside of it you still carry that mantle exactly hugging people blessing folks sewing it forward and backward so Uh it it doesn't matter what space you go into you know it doesn't matter what position you hold in careers i agree you still do the same thing that you did in the church outside of the church and everywhere else i truly have a servant's heart and i don't know where in my life it truly got cultivated um but i i feel more comfortable doing the works i don't have to i mean if i have to be in the spotlight that's fine i don't i don't mind doing it i can i can do it it's it's okay Huh? <laughs> she get a little nervous in the spotlight. Well, Let's, I will never forget. Go ahead. At Westheimer. Mm. Okay. How? Well, first of all, I'll never forget how I was because I I feel like this day in particular that I'm talking about, I was broken out of this. Okay. But because I was still hurting and trying to shed and heal from hmm. some things, I would only go to a certain person to be prayed for. Mm. Cause I don't know y'all, so <laughs> talk I don't, about I don't, it. I don't, I don't know y'all, so I don't. Therefore, I do not trust you. Mm. 
Um, so I would only go to Pastor Rochelle because I knew her. Mm. She knew me, and that was that was about it. it. Um, and then I I met Minister Val, and I remember when Minister Val pulls people. Just you don't go to the altar. She pulls, pulls people you up to there. Her. Yeah, she did. So, Shout out Minister Val. She pulled me <laughs> right. Hey girl, hey. hey girl. Um, <laughs> so she pulled me up there to you, and. I think when I went up there, I didn't. I knew that I wanted prayer and I needed prayer, but I didn't know what to pray for. And then when you asked me what I needed prayer for, I just said safety, and that mm. was that was just what came to my mind. Um, and I think, well, I don't think whenever you prayed for me, it was just so intentional. Mm. Like you really, yeah. it wasn't just like I was another person that was walking up there needing prayer and you're trying to hold on to the last remnants of the Holy Spirit in you that's allowing you to pray for folk. I am um, done. It was like, like for each person that came up, like you really were intentional with what you said. And it, like you, it was like you really were trying to allow, well, anyway, I can't speak for anybody else, but you really were trying to get me to receive, and you kept saying receive, but you kept trying to get me to receive and feel God's love for me. Um, and that really just, for me, it did a lot for me during the prayer, even though I probably did not show it. But on the inside, there were things that were happening <laughs> to me. Um, just because, for one, it was uncomfortable for me because it was a person that I didn't know. Mm -hmm. um, wow. And I was already uncomfortable because I was pushed up there and I wasn't trying to go up there to the altar. Um, and just the way that, like, I no one that had ever prayed for me like that before. Amen. And to add on to what Agnes was saying, um, you always say that. <sighs> Cut it out. <laughs> you need a tissue. You on <laughs> no, camera I'm now. Fine. <laughs> you can cry on camera. Ain't no you can cry on camera. I, I sucked it yeah. up. Go ahead. You uh -uh. always Release. say that you are. <laughs> A mother to three boys, mm. but you are um, a, I about to say mother on. in Zion. Oh, come um, on. <laughs> you are mother to nations at this point. Different nations. You are a mother to the motherless. Who? And. Wait, but I got a mama. Oh, my bad. <laughs> my bad. I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you ruined the moment. I'm no. Sorry. You're a mother to the motherless. And. Mm. It, it's not just a physical thing, like a physical aspect of a mother not being there. But, um, and I think I've shared this with you before, even though like my mom is in my life now and I'm building a relationship with her and we're getting better and we're getting closer. There are things that I need and that God knew that I needed during that time that I wouldn't have been able to get from her. And I probably still will never be able to get from her that he's allowed me to get from you. And... Even the the relationship that I have with him, I would not have been able to have grown in a deep relationship with him and really be able to know what a daughter is. That's good. We keep saying that we're children of God. Um, we're joint heirs. We're sons and daughters. But, I mean, this goes back to reverence as well. It we don't sure know. Does. Most of us don't know how to be a son. We don't know how to be a daughter because we didn't have a mother or a father in our life. So good. Um, and so we we run around here like we're neglected orphans. Wow. Um, because 
that's what some of us have been. Wow. We've been neglected. Yeah. Um, oh, we, my God. And it's hard to really walk into adoption when there's no paperwork on it. There's no pro- physical process that we see. But he has people like you that allow us to experience what true adoption into sonship and daughtership is. Um, and you not only stand in the gap as a pastor um, and a spiritual mom that prays for her children, but you also take on the burden of trying to show mothers how to be mothers and to show daughters how to be daughters and wow. how to receive and accept love from parents Amen. and so eventually from the father. So. That's I did so good. good. I didn't cry. That My eyes got watered, but I didn't cry. No, that was really good. I definitely can. I, I definitely agree with that. I think that um, one thing about you is you're very authentic and you're very real. And I have grown up in a household where my parents were that and more. And growing up, sometimes it doesn't feel like love, right? It feels like, dang, why do they hate me? Why are they so hard on me? Um, but a lot of times that's how God is with us, you know, Mm -hmm. and as a, you know, a mother to many, you know, bonus children, you know, sometimes you, you have to play that role of like, I love you, but I don't love you on the level to just see you. I don't, I don't want you to just be complacent or comfortable. I want you to grow and I want you to surpass me, you know, and I want you to heal. And so sometimes I think one thing that I really admired about you is that you're able to have real conversations and you're able to point out truths that people aren't able to acknowledge for themselves and they don't want to. And in the moment, they may not like you. They may even tell you that they hate you. However, in the long run, When everybody else did not tell them the truth and did not say like, hey, you should have got your life together. You should have did this and let them play around in their foolishness. They're going to remember what you told them. They're going to remember the way that you were honest and you were truthful about the things that nobody else wanted (laughs) about the things that (laughs) nobody else wanted to say. Go ahead and cry. But it's true. And I think that like you said bringing it full circle to honor i think that's one of the reasons why i honor you you know um because it it's it's not easy it's easy to honor people that are honorable you know what i'm saying you're an honorable person you know um whether you know you i know you like to be like well i don't take no kudos and humility but you know you are a you are you like you Mm -hmm. are like how god says i am who I say he is who he is. I am that I am. You are who you are. And it doesn't change wherever you at. And I think that's what I, whether you're a mom, you know, whether you're a, a manager, you who you are does not change, you know. And that's something that God started in you a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And I think that when we hear you speak about certain things, why you don't entertain or tolerate certain foolishness or certain sins is because you've learned to have a disdain for the things that God disdains because you're called to a higher level. And everybody's not called to that. Right. So they're not going to be able to <laughs> right. relate. So, you know, my thing to you in this moment is to just keep being you, you know, keep being you in spaces that, you know, people try to box you in or try to box you out and say, oh, you too much. You, you know, keep being you because 
someone in the room is looking for you. Like Trevay said, somebody is looking for you to show up as you are and to administer whatever God has poured into you for them so that they so can become. Y'all to me about this new place because it's all I can feel. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, well, you receive whatever the Lord's saying. Amen. I'm just saying whatever I need to say. <laughs> but honestly, so that people can walk in the freedom of who they are. Mm, amen. Minister Val used to say that... <laughs> This this first lady, she just different. She a different. <laughs> she did There's no that. other one like this yes. one. And you know, I just hear it, and I, you know, this, that concept was very new to me, coming from a Catholic church. However, I understand it now mm-hmm. because I, you see, other people at other church, we ain't church bashing though. But the reason why you were different is because you showed up as yourself. Mm. You did not conform to any religious system. You Mm. did not conform to any religious people. I conformed to the Bible. Okay. And so in moments, I will say there's some moments where you kind of yourself a little bit, but we gonna let that slide. turn up. No, not you turned up. You kind of, you say you gave in a clean version, you know what I'm saying? Not in a bad way, but I don't think it was a a bad thing. Uh I think that at each level, you learn what to say, how to say it, when to say it. And it's not that you withheld yourself because you didn't want to demolish anybody or break people's hearts. It's just because you knew they couldn't handle it. And so, um, but even at that, sometimes you're called to dispense even when people can't handle it. They're going to handle it later. They're going to figure it out. So, (laughs) hey. These are the last two things I want to say. So first of all, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) look at the job that you just got. Look at the people that are under you. Come on. I mean, she didn't we're, even testify. We're all okay. my testimony. Yes, please testify. Literally, in the last episode, we talked about, you know, I was saying how going into August, you know, new beginnings. And um, I July thought, 31st. July 31st was the end of, of this, this wilderness experience that I was in. Wow. That's what I said on the last episode. Between this episode, I got a... Um, a, a message a team's message from someone and they said hey are you available for a quick chat and I said sure and it was actually a hiring manager that I'd interviewed with so you know I've been waiting all week for this the letter to come from you know HR that you know thank you for applying we've chosen someone else been waiting on it and so she called and so I thought well she's she's gonna give me the the gentle brush off because I knew it was down to myself and someone else because Anyway, long story short, she was calling to say that I was a top candidate. HR is working on my paperwork. I should have it by next week. She's already talked to my current manager who gave these rave reports. And so now I will be managing a team of college hires, people that are they're new to the corporate world, which, you know, is sort of like what I was just talking about when we were talking about new Christians, people that are new to Christ. Yeah. And so it just seems like my spiritual world and natural world are being interwoven uh, but that's how god works and so i will take what you're saying um, as i go into this new role to be authentically me and not to conform to anyone else's managerial style but to be who god has created me to be not just in the the church in the pulpit in the pews in the classroom but in the workplace in the office because as i was bragging about how i've been working at home since 2011 now i gotta go back in the office yeah, monday through friday this new role uh calls for me to go into an uncomfortable place again what we were all these things we were talking about in the break mm-hmm. i now will go into an uncomfortable place where i have to go back into the office and have to put on clothes and put on a hair wig whatever i gotta do <laughs> 
to go to work for that day, you know, because that's where God has put me in this season. Yeah. Yeah. And I give him glory because um, he will get the glory in this position. Uh, we was at book club last night and everybody prayed. Um, everybody gave their specific prayer request and I didn't give one. Not because I didn't want to, but she literally didn't ask me because she said, well, we had talked about you and what's been going on in your life beforehand. And I said, well, actually, I'm glad you didn't ask me to pray so that when my prayer gets answered, no one here can say, well, we prayed for this. We prayed for this last night at dinner and then God answered your prayer. God, only God can get the glory for this. No one can say, I prayed you into your Mm. promised land. I showed you what to do. No, God showed me the promised land while I was yet in the desert. I could see it. And Mm. I I knew it was coming because I had applied for Mm. several positions. I just didn't, you know, and some of them I didn't even hear back from that even, no, we're not interested in you. I ain't hear nothing. Um, but this one had an interview and they said you were you were everyone's top candidate because uh, wow. it was a panel interview. And so I give God glory. No one else can take the credit for this new um, chapter in my life. But God. Wow. The second thing I was going to say is just to go back to what you were saying, Minister Val used to always say. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and you used to always say you're the not so typical first lady. Right, right. Um, so something I heard la- a couple weeks ago made me think of you. Um, and just you being you and you being exactly who God called you to be and not who other people wanted you to be because of who you were married to um, and what the church says you're supposed to be. Um, I was at a new member orientation and our first lady was not there because their daughter is an AAU basketball. So she had a basketball game and that's where she was. And the other people in the orientation were asking where she was. And he said that. And so we were talking and somehow they asked about what she does. Um, And Pastor Marcus's response was, you know, I've read the Bible and the Bible talks about apostles and pastors, evangelists. The Bible does not mention first lady. Hmm. And he said, God has not called my wife to be a first lady. Hmm. All she was called to do is be my wife. Oh, that's helpmate. That's good. All she was called to do is be a mom to yeah. my kids. Yeah. All she was called to do is what he told her that she's supposed to do. Yeah. Not what the church's standard is about what That's so good. the pastor's wife is supposed to do. Yeah. And it just reminded me of you because all you've been is who he called you to be. And you've never tried to fit into what church says you're Listen, supposed to Listen, I remember be, y'all so. were having a, a revival. I think Pastor Prophet Mike was here. Mm. And I was in the woods with Abraham. We was camping. And y'all were... I was getting calls from Minister Val. Shout out to Minister Val. How do we do this 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 uh, swipe thing? We can't figure out how. To, oh yeah, you definitely how to do the swipe thing because you're not here. I definitely and can, I was yeah. in the wilderness with Abraham. <laughs> Literally, Look, sometimes the wilderness is where you need, need to, to be. be. Listen, let me tell you, I got some good rest on those camping trips. <laughs> I was technology sometimes work did not honey and you wasn't worried I, about it i wasn't worried at all i was just worried about my <laughs> child and yeah we're gonna talk yeah, about yeah. the good things about the wilderness there are some good things in the wilderness well i guess this is a good place to end yeah. 
this. Uh, thank you unintentionally for honoring me and for giving mm. me an opportunity to Not share. Inten- you unintentionally, it. it was intentional. We just were giving back Amen. Amen. to share my testimony um, because we truly overcome uh, <laughs> by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So I just thank God for this new season in my life uh, that only He, listen, He has taken care of me yeah. in this last year and a half that I. There were days where I didn't know where, how I was going to do whatever I was going to do. And I had to make some sacrifices. I'm going to be honest, had to sell some things, um, had to, you know, rob Peter to pay Paul. And well, I mean, I did like, well, I ain't going to pay this and I'm going to pay that because I'm, you know, I wanted to make sure that my, my son and I had a, a stable place to stay, but I knew God had something i just didn't know what it was right. i didn't know how it was going to manifest and god put people in my life i had mentors that encouraged me look stop applying for this position wow you need to apply because that's a lateral position you need to apply for a manager one position wow. specifically because i'm a team lead now she's like you need to be a manager because when you become a manager you're in a different um Bonus structure. When you become a manager, you know, things are going to be different for you. So this is what you need to do. So stop applying for that. And so when I would go, all I would do was select manager one. And that's all I applied for. Wow. Um, And so, again, I had people in my life that, and one of them is, uh, she's she's a woman of God. I met her uh, serendipitously through a resource group that I joined the global women's network. I just mm. joined it because another mentor said, people need to know your name. Mm. So you need to join this group because mm. they, they do stuff and your name's going to be out there. So that's mm. the only reason I joined. Cause she said that. And that first day I met a person and I told him that we had a podcast and she sent me a, a private message and said, what's the link to your podcast? Cause I want to follow it and I want to be praying for y'all. Wow. Talk to her last week. And she was the one who was saying about, you know, this particular position and don't accept X, Y, and Z. You deserve this. And when HR comes back with the money, you tell them, "Mm, mm, mm." period. And and so, again, there were people in my life along the journey. Wow. Even though I was in the wilderness, I wasn't alone. I may have felt alone, (laughs) but I was never alone. I had so many. You talk about Ravens again, the discount tire man that gave me, you know, two tires for one. I told a friend about that blessing. So when I went back to go get my other two tires, she sent me the money to pay for one of the wow. tires. Didn't ask her for that. I got a call last week from someone who is not related to me. The only reason she and I are friends is because she's friends with my ex-husband. Mm. But she decided we we, we, we clicked and we were going to stay friends. She called me and said, God told me to call you and to ask you, what bill do you need to pay? Wow. She said, I'm paying it. Whatever it is, I'm paying it. Wow. Because I got some extra money and God told me to call you. Wow. So I was like, here, girl, you can pay my car insurance. Wow. And to God be the glory. And so God has sent people again and again and again. It was so many people that I had to start keeping a journal of all the grace. Wow. That he was showing me because it made no sense how people kept showing. I'm getting let random in the mail, go to the mailbox and there's gift cards to, to Chick-fil-A and Target. Cause people know I go to Chick-fil-A and Target. <laughs> and, and again, just ravens, a tree fell in my backyard. The man that came and cut the tree said, God is going to bless you. The, the yard man, who is, he said, <laughs> God is going to bless you. And he goes, I tell you what, he goes, you pay me what you can pay me. He goes, this is my fee, but you pay 
When does the yard they man don't tell ever do you, that. you pay me what you can, when you can, and I'm going to take care of this for you. Mm-mm. And the day that he came back for the second payment, I have Venmo. I don't ever check Venmo because Venmo, I mean, I don't use it that often. I don't even know like if they send notifications, but for some reason I checked Venmo. There was $500 in Venmo. And guess what? I owed that man for the second payment, $500. So the 500 that I was going to pay for me, God had already sent it. And I didn't even know it was there until I needed it. So when I say God will send ravens in the midst of your, your desert season, your, your wilderness experience, when you're in that dry place and you, you thirsty, y'all saw me, I couldn't get, I couldn't even get water open, Mm -hmm. but God sent somebody (laughs) to make sure that I could, I I would thirst no more because he is living water. And if you will truly trust him, Hmm. believe him, serve him, obey him. Yeah. He will show up in ways that that you can only give him the glory. So sometimes you don't have to have everybody praying for you. If you've prayed for God to do it, you just keep praying until something happens. Mm. You just keep thanking him. I just kept thanking him. I was like, Lord, I thank you in advance for this job that's coming. I thank you in advance. I was thanking him in advance for what I didn't even see. And when it happened, I was I was shocked. And so I give God glory, but I honor him. For who he is. He is truly Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, my provider. He has provided for me in this season where not even people that want to say they can, they can't say, well, she's using my money to pay for X, Y, Z. Cause no, nope, ain't do that. Mm. It's because of God yeah. that I've been able to do all that I've been able to do in this season. Amen. And only he can get the glory. Amen. So if anybody else is trying to claim it, you a lie and the truth ain't in you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And on that um, emotional note, we'd like to end this particular episode of Wise Women. <laughs> we thank God for what he's done. We thank God for what he's going to do. And we thank for God what he's doing right now for us because he is truly worthy of all the glory, honor, and reverence that we give him as we praise his holy name. If you're inspired by the word, share it with your family and your friends and even your enemies. And if you would like to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, or if you're just wanting prayer, you can reach out to us at wisewomenhtx at outlook.com. We want to thank everyone for listening in today. And please join us next time on Wise Women.